What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel, a new episode of Talking Commanders with Manny. We got some big news today. There have been some guys that have been released, and it's for the betterment of the team. We now have um, two guys off of the team right now. I'm going to share my screen. We're, we're going to go ahead and get this thing on and popping. This is big news, so we got to share it as such. Um, so the team first started today with uh, cutting Bobby McCain. You know, he was a guy that played slot corner for the team, played some safety. He did improve as the year went on. Um, but at the end of the day, he was just another guy. And as, as you can see in the tweet, commanders have young talent in the secondary. McCain was the odd man out. And the team will save four point. Uh, 42 million in gains. Uh, I mean, yeah, 4.42 4, 4. million. And um, it's not like the team is just so stacked at corner because we're not as talented as the tweet is saying. But at the end of the day, um, we do have um, some pieces that actually need to play. Uh, what's good? What's good, bro? <laughs> Chef Boogie Dre, Chef Dre Bug says, get Lamar to D.C., Getting, getting Lamar to D.C. is going to be tough for the simple fact the contract is going to be tremendous. Like, if you bring in a guy like Lamar Jackson, then I mean, you're not going to be able to sign guys like De'Ron Payne, uh, Cameron Curl. So I'm going to talk about those two guys later on in the show. And those are two guys that need to be signed in order for this team to continue to, you know, better so. Now, if De'Ron Payne is in a deal to get a Lamar Jackson, then it makes sense. But Lamar Jackson wants – an amazing amount of money, and are the commanders willing to pay this guy this amount of money for a guy who missed the last two years? The last two years for Lamar Jackson ended in injuries, right? He didn't finish out the season. So I guess with Sam Howell as the backup plan, you know, if something happens to Lamar, then you have Sam Howell uh, to, you know, take over the reins. But um, <laughs> the chef says, I know, I know I'm being greedy. I mean, why not? I mean, the team hasn't really had a good quarterback for how long, and having a, a OC like the enemy, he can really do some damage with, with Lamar Jackson. Only thing is, like you know, it's just not feasible money wise. But if if it was, you know, I wouldn't mind a Lamar Jackson with this offense, with the weapons that we have, and the run game that we do have. He'll just add a different element to this team. But um, yeah. So Bobby McCain out. Also, the biggest news of the day was Carson Wentz being released. So Carson was being released. That was big news. Um, you know, we all knew that it was coming. And cutting Carson Wentz, the team is going to save $26.17 million against their cap. So that means, you know, we continue to gain cap space, right? Um, not only that, everybody hated the Carson Wentz trade. I loved it when initially because at the end of the day, it was for, what, two-thirds in – one of those thirds can become a second, right? When things weren't working out, they benched him. You know, they said it was the injury thing, but they they, they kind of staggered it to where if Carson Wentz does come back, they won't lose a second rounder. They'll, they'll lose a third rounder. And with the commanders getting a a, um, a a comp pick and then with the trade back last year, we literally were, were able to recoup what we used to get a Carson Wentz. So it didn't work out. And now we move on. You can't cry about it. Um, it's just a nature of the game. Sometimes you make investments and they work, and sometimes you make investments and they don't work. Hey, what's good, Mark? Oh, uh, Marcus, appreciate you hopping on the stream. Marcus says, What's up, family? 
we should build around Sam Howell and tag trade Deron Payne to add more talent in other spots. I'm with you on this, but so with the building around Sam Howell, I'm all in on that. Build around Sam Howell and kind of see what you have as, you know, the season goes on, as the year goes on. If things doesn't work out with Sam Howell, as we think it can, I, I mean, I love Sam Howell. I think that it can work with Sam Howell. Sam Howell is smart. He's a guy that I think uh, uh, kind of gets it. And I can see a scenario where Sam Howell has a decent to good season next year. Now, with the tag and trade Deron Payne, that's going to be tough because you drafted Deron Payne. This guy had 11.5 sacks last year. You can say, oh, you signed a Jonathan Allen. you got to pay Deron Payne. <clears throat> At the end of the day, it's debatable. You can say that the guys on the edge, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, those might be the two guys that are overrated as of right now. Obviously, things change. People improve. People get to work in their games and, you know, develop a pass rush. But I think we need to keep Deron Payne. You have Allen. You keep Payne. You keep those two together. Now, when the decision comes down to Chase Young and Montez Sweat, we can discuss that as that time comes. You pay people according to their performance. You pay people according to what they've done. Now, Montez Sweat, he's been consistent. He hasn't been, like, the most amazing defensive end, but he's been consistent. Deron Payne took a step. I know it was a contract year. He took a step, big step. I would love to keep Deron Payne, but if we can't, definitely trade him to gain some kind of compensation back. That's for sure. So let me see what the fans are saying about um, Powell and Carson Wentz and the whole nine. Um, yeah, everybody's pretty much excited that Carson Wentz is gone. He came here. It didn't work out. And you had to move on. So you see all kinds of gifts. This is uh, it says this is Eric Bieniemy to Carson Wentz. So once he took the OC job, nah, it's not like that. We all knew that Carson Wentz wouldn't be around. So it just is what it is. Um, list of things Daniel Jones does better than Carson Wentz. So now you got the whole Daniel Jones Carson Wentz debate. You got to put some respect on Daniel Jones' name. I'm not a Daniel Jones fan, but Daniel Jones played well for the Giants and. Us as Commanders fans, we can't be making fun of the Giants right now. Like, we're trying to get to the level where the Giants are. I mean, it's it's, it's a tough reality. The Giants were able to make the playoffs. That's a goal for the Commanders, a goal that has not been accomplished for how long, right? Then, okay, you can say, oh, we made the playoffs the year that we had a we had a bad bad division, right? You make the playoffs. What, what was so great about making the playoffs that year other than – trying to build something, right? Then the next year, nothing happened. The next year after that, nothing happened. So the Giants are far off, they're far better than the Commanders. You can say, well, look at the record. You can say, oh, we're a quarterback away. Yeah, the Giants have their quarterback. They've made the playoffs. They have won a playoff game. When was the last time the Commanders have won a playoff game? I really, I honestly cannot tell you. I have to Google that. <laughs> so... Um, Got to give credit to where credit is due. Daniel, Daniel Jones might not be the best quarterback, but he works for what the Giants do. Now, let's hope that Sam Howell can be that guy for the commanders. Let's say that, let's say that he's a guy that can make smart decisions. So let's look at what Daniel Jones did last year compared to what Sam Howell can be for the commanders. So first of all, Daniel Jones didn't turn over the ball, which was surprising. He, he didn't have, like, amazing numbers passing the ball-wise, but if Sam Howell can get us, what, 3,000 yards passing, right? That's literally what Daniel Jones was able to do, right? 
Can Sam Howell limit his interceptions down to under eight interceptions? That's what Daniel Jones was able to do. And sometimes these things come with, you know, experience. I think that Sam Howell is going to be a fine quarterback. He's going to be a fine quarterback for a while. But it's like we have to remember in the game that he played, he did have an interception as well as a touchdown. So let's not act like, okay, you bring in Sam Howell, you bring in Eric Bieniemy, and then boom, everything works. So it's going to take some time. Hey, Corey, what's good? Appreciate you hopping on the show. Corey says, Wentz should have never been on our team. Ron made the worst mistake bringing Wentz in. Ron should get fired just for that mistake alone. Ron would have got fired if he didn't even make that mistake. I mean, either way it went, Ron Rivera felt like, you know what? We tried the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. If you want to, if you want to make a, if you want to say a mistake, the mistake was signing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. The mistake was not, the mistake was not taking the QB room seriously. At that time, who did we have? We had Taylor Heineke for way too long. Uh, Taylor Heineke has done some nice things for the commanders, but at the same time, they put nothing in place. They drafted nobody in the three years that Ron Rivera has been here. He has drafted nobody that you can bring in and grow. Outside of Sam Howell, what has he done QB-wise? So it goes further than just Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was an upgrade over Ryan Fitzpatrick. It just didn't work. Like I said, initially the trade was the, the like the trade was decent. Like I said early on in the show, two third-round picks, one turns into a second if Carson Wentz plays enough games. We ended up trading back to recoup one of those third-round picks, and then last year. Instead of playing him, we saw how things were going. You don't like you don't play him. Then that second round turns into a third. But losing that third, you have a comp pick this year. So essentially, the only way that Ron Rivera was going to be able to bring in a quarterback to come to DC, this amazing franchise that everybody wants to come to, right? Was to overpay. Yes, it was an overpay. I I was thinking maybe one third round pick gets it done. They wanted two, and one turns into a second. So at the end of the day, yes, it was a holy overpay to bring in a Carson Wentz. It didn't work. But had Ron Rivera not made this move because they needed to see an improvement in that QB room, which he thought it was. So if you don't make this move, Ron gets fired. Then, he, you know, everything goes wrong this year. They try to win some games. They almost make, make the playoffs. Ron's job is safe once again. Now you bring in uh, Eric Bieniemy. This is Ron Rivera's last chance. And if he doesn't get it together with Eric Bieniemy and everything else that he has going on, so whether it's Sam Howell or whether it's another quarterback, if the offense doesn't produce this year, if the offense doesn't take a step, if the team doesn't make the playoffs and even possibly win a playoff game, Ron Rivera could be gone. They can make the playoffs and they can lose. And then, you know what? The front office can say, hey, we need to go a different direction. So a lot of different scenarios could happen for Ron Rivera. He's still in the hot seat. Marcus writes, the difference between the commanders and the Giants and the Eagles, um, they build around the quarterback they drafted and they gave them a, a OC who knows how to use them in the offensive schemes. Absolutely. But here's the thing, though. You drafted Jalen Hurts. He was supposed to come in and do gadget plays and things of that nature. Jalen Hurts was never part of their plan. They kind of stumbled into Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz gets traded, and guess what? It was the best decision for the Eagles ever. And then you're right. They did build around Jalen Hurts. They did bring in an OC. They did put things in place. They did bring in weapons. You drafted Devontae Smith. You also trade for A.J. Brown. So obviously you're seeing that, okay, they built around that guy, right? So that's that's it for the Eagles. Let's go ahead and transition to the Giants. How did the Giants necessarily build around Daniel Jones? They have not really, they've, they've, I mean, they've tried. Kadarius Tony, that didn't work. Kenny Galladay, that did not work. 
Sterling Shepard, he continued to get hurt. Darius Slayton, he's a jag. He's just another guy. So you can't say that the Giants have built around their quarterback. Now, what you can say is they've brought in an offensive mind in Dayball who has helped Daniel Jones' game get to that whole nother level. So I'll give you that. But until the Giants bring in weapons, so they have to re-sign Saquon Barkley, right? As Washington fans, we don't care what the Giants do, right? The Giants have to literally draft a wide receiver and bring in another one through free agency because Wondell Robinson is, what, 5'9"? You know, so they haven't really built around Daniel Jones. They have made things easier and better for Daniel Jones. They say, hey, run the ball if nothing is there. You know, attempt to pass the ball less than 20 times a game. So is that really building around the Daniel Jones? I don't know. The difference with the commanders is, okay, now you have a Sam Howell. Sam Howell was never really drafted here to be a franchise guy. Sam Howell was never really brought here to be that next franchise quarterback. The problem is the commanders have nothing else. And now you got to see what you have in Sam Howell. It's not like they said, oh, Sam Howell is our target The you know, in the entire draft process. They just happened to just get a Sam Howell because nobody wanted this guy. Sam Howell is a good quarterback. He should have been a top-tier quarterback had he come out a year before last year. So, I mean, it just is what it is. Marcus writes, the offensive, the offensive schemes is what I'm talking about, Dan Jones. Absolutely. The offensive scheme, like I said, for Daniel Jones, any they could have taken any quarterback and plugged into that scheme, and it would have worked. Because if you look at that scheme, they ran the ball a lot, and the defense was great. So a lot of times it was Daniel Jones, please don't turn over the ball. But I, 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 I am in agreement with you, Marcus. I think next year, as the team continues to build around Daniel Jones, if they say Daniel Jones is their guy, is he worth $40 million a year? That I can't say. I can't say that Daniel Jones is worth $40 million a year. Maybe 35. He worked in that system. Now, when you talk about the scheme, so they got the scheme down pat. Daniel Jones is the perfect guy for now in that scheme, right? They're going to possibly draft the JSN. They're going to draft some weapons. They're going to draft some wide receivers. They're going to bring in the right guys through free agency. And then let's see what Daniel Jones looks like. So I think at the end of the day, they're going to uh, put together some kind of package, some kind of scheme, or some kind of a weapons. They're going to bring in weapons for Daniel Jones. And if he can't get it done, then who knows? So the Giants are in a tough place. And in a way, I can't say that I'm jealous because sometimes when you do have that franchise quarterback, then you got to pay up. Then you're going to end up losing a lot of guys on your squad because the quarterback gets the bulk of that salary cap. So, but yeah, Marcus, valid points. I agree with you. They're definitely, you know, teams are definitely building schemes and systems around their quarterback. So let's see what kind of system the commanders build around Sam Howell. Um, it's going to be interesting because Eric Bieniemy, if you look at the offenses that, they, that he's ran, a lot of the things that they do is because Patrick Mahomes is so special. Not to take away from A.B. Enemy, but, man, Sam Howell is, I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes is just that guy. So it's going to be interesting. We do know that the tight end position is something that they utilize a lot, right? So, like I've talked about this on previous episodes, let's see what they do. Um, I know Street Scores, uh, Rico uh, was able to drop an interesting video talking about Dalton Kincaid. Um, he's been shooting up people's draft boards. He's a guy that could possibly be the next Travis Kelsey. I know it's crazy to say, but before Travis Kelsey became Travis Kelsey, he started from somewhere, right? So, Dalton Kincaid is a guy that's shooting up draft boards. I saw a mock draft 
earlier today where uh, Tucker Craft was drafted to the Commanders. So I'm seeing a lot of tight ends being drafted to the Commanders. Um, it's a scenario where either they trade back and get a tight end or they grab one in the second round. But this is a nice group of tight ends all the way around. There's a, there's a guy from Iowa State, Sam Laporta. I like him. Um, so it looks like the team is going to be adding a, a, a weapon in that tight end group. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be via draft or via free agency. It's going to be interesting. Another thing that the team has to do outside of Deron Payne, figuring out Deron Payne is one thing, right? So with the money that you get now from uh, cutting um, a guy like um, Carson Wentz or cutting a guy like uh, Bobby McCain, two guys that are that were expendable, two guys that we kind of expected that the team was going to cut, going a whole different direction. The team definitely wants a, a true nickel corner. Bobby McCain was a project type guy. He needs to go. I mean, he's gone. Carson Wentz was a failed project, a failed science project. Like he was an F. Okay. It just didn't work. It never worked from, from the beginning. You gave this guy a chance because we are a desperate franchise searching for some kind of identity, especially getting a quarterback. Everybody was saying Carson Wentz. It was either this. You liked Carson Wentz and you said, man, he's the best quarterback we've had since Kirk Cousins. Or you say, man, Carson Wentz sucks. This guy is terrible. $28 million a year, blah, blah, blah. $28 million a year. Now you're seeing quarterbacks get paid 35 and 40. So things do change. But signing, re-signing Cameron Curl or giving him an extension right now is for the best for the commanders. I was on Big Doug's show today, and uh, Cameron Curl's dad was on the show, Coach Greg uh, Curl. Um, and I was listening to the, you know, to the interview. He was talking about how, um, you know, Cameron Curl had several different spots that he wanted to go to during that college visit, you know, trying to pick schools and everything. The year that Cameron Curl came out, the reason why he fell so far in the draft being the seventh round was because he had a hip flexor when he tried to run his combine at his combine, he kind of pulled something. So he didn't run as fast as he should have ran. So that kind of like, made his draft stock fall. Cameron Crow was expected to go in the third, maybe fourth round, but because of the combine, injuries, and then it was a COVID year, that whole whatever. For us, we were blessed to get this guy in the seventh round. So now it's better that you extend him now than if you let, the, if you let this guy hit free agency, then you're talking about franchise tag, and you're talking about competing with other teams. That's when things go bad. So a lot of this money that we're kind of creating and freeing up right now is to take care of the home guys, you're going to see a Deron Payne deal get done. That's my prediction. If not, you're going to see a franchise tag. I see Deron Payne on the team for at least one more year. If he walks, he walks next year, then you get that comp pick. Comp pick will be at the highest peak, which will be what? A third round uh, comp pick. So if you can trade Deron Payne for anything higher than a third, you do it. If you can trade Deron Payne for a third and a player, you do it. Because at the end of the day, if he walks, what are you going to get back? is a third so you gotta look for a second or first if that's the direction that they're leaning towards i want to lock up pain i want to have pain around for as long as he can be here um he's a guy that has come in work hard 11.5 sacks so that's number one a priority resign to ron pain number two priority get an extension done immediately like tomorrow camera curl because if not it's going to be so expensive to you know get a tight i mean uh get a a, a safety of this caliber Hawk, what's good? Hawk says, this is why I love the show, because the host creator be spot on with his takes. Man, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Uh, appreciate the love. Appreciate the support, man. You guys are the reason why I do this. I love to interact with fans. Uh, that's why 
all of my shows, I, I pretty much put up as many comments as I can on the screen. So if you, so if you drop a comment, I'll put it on the screen. I'll talk about it. Now, when I get bigger and it's like a million, you know, comments coming in, I'll just pick a few. But uh, appreciate the love, Hawk. Um, so we've talked about Carson Wentz, right? We've talked about Bobby McCain. We've talked about um, who else? Cameron Curl, right? We talked about. Uh, uh, Sam Howell in a nutshell. All right, we got another comment. Corey says, another thing Ron went wrong on is the OL. We had a good OL with Flowers and Brandon, and he should have kept them guys together. Ron went cheap, and uh, with Turner and Noel, and the two were the worst. You are absolutely right. Corey, you continue to you know post bangers on this stream right now. Yes, you're right. Ron Rivera went to the bargain shop. He went to the Dollar General to go ahead and find some offensive linemen. Brandon Sheriff was understandable. Brandon Sheriff did not want to be here, right? So with Brandon Sheriff leaving, I'm okay with that. Now, Flowers, there was nothing wrong with Flowers. Flowers was the guy that you're supposed to bring back, right? He was solid. He did everything that, that he was supposed to do. Wes Schweitzer was nice. But like you said, Flowers... I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Turner and Norrell were terrible. These guys were terrible. They were fat. They were slow. You heard about, oh, Ron Rivera found these guys, and he made these guys Pro Bowl-level guys, you know, all Pro-level guys. That was years ago. Now you add age upon these guys, and they were not able to really solidify anything. These guys were the reason why Carson Wentz was even more terrible than what he actually was. So, yes, you're right. Ron definitely missed on the offensive line. Number four priority is fix the offensive line. And the cheapest way to do it is through the draft. So if, so if you have to do it through the draft, you do what you got to do. Because at the end of the day, without an offensive line, Sam Howell will not succeed. Even if the team brought in a, a Derek Carr, he won't succeed because the offensive line hasn't been good. They, I mean, you have a lot of depth guys. Wes Schweitzer is solid, but he's still a backup at the end of the day. If you want to roll with him as a starter, then Okay. But you need to add something. Like, something needs to be added. And I think that the team literally needs to improve that left tackle position. I've said this on previous episodes. Maybe you move Leno to the right. You move Cosme inside. And then maybe you kind of see if that works. That means you're now looking for two guys and then maybe a couple of guys to back up those two guys. Whether it's draft, whether it's free agency, they need to do something. Left tackle, right tackle. Literally, the entire line can... Get a whole makeover. I don't care. Brian says, um, I would have let Sheriff go. I would have kept Flowers. Sheriff stayed hurt. Absolutely. Sheriff stayed hurt. Sheriff never wanted to play here. There's a reason why his deal never got done. I think Sheriff was just tired of playing for Washington. He's been here forever. He's seen no success. I mean, what he probably saw one playoff uh, appearance. So he, for him, he's like, I've done all I can, and it's time to go. And he wanted money. He wanted to be the highest paid guard. Washington offered something similar to the highest paid guard. And then still, Sheriff said that's not enough. So Sheriff was like, a, it was a slap in our face, honestly. So it wasn't like one of those things where we didn't want to keep Sheriff. We, we made a competitive offer. He just didn't want to be here. So, yes, obviously, Flowers should have, should have still been here. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go back and get a, a Flowers if he's available. But Eric Bieniemy will have his handprint on this offense. That means the entire personnel, Eric Bieniemy will have something to say. When you have that assistant coach next to your name, 
And it's very close that the enemy could be the coach after this season anyway. So a lot of what the enemy is going to say is going to go. It's going to be up to the franchise to figure everything else out. Hawk says, might have to uh, give Orlando Brown that big money. You might have to, but then you also have to be willing to lose a guy like Payne. You have to be willing to lose a guy like Cameron Curl. Like, we have major, major guys to pay. And, yes, we looked it up last time. Remember, Hawk, we looked it up, and Orlando Brown, I think the starting price is going to be $20 million a year, the starting price. So if the commanders can afford that, hey, hey, do you think? I mean, there's nothing wrong with having your franchise left tackle. Now, if you have your franchise left tackle, you're paying them $20 million because of – excuse me, because of the Sam Howell rookie contract, it just bolts well. So it's one of those things where what is your goal? What is your end goal? What are you really trying to do? So it can kind of go both ways. Bring in an all-star, all-pro caliber type guy in Orlando Brown Jr. You still have that Sam Howell rookie contract, so you utilize it. Somehow you find out a way to franchise Deron Payne. Then you kind of got something. Then you kind of have some pieces. Orlando Brown, uh, you know, pain locked up. Maybe you can figure out a way to get an extension done for Cameron Curl, or you worry about that at the end of the, uh, you know, next season. So it's imperative that the team literally keeps the costs low at that wide, I mean, at that quarterback position. Now, I'm going to give you guys some names of guys that I think that are expendable. I'm going to give you guys names that I think get cut coming soon. J.D. McKissick, he gets cut. You know, it's time for him, it's time for him to retire. He has that neck injury. Um, so it's really for his health. I don't see J.D. McKissick coming back. Now, another guy that's possibly almost gone is Logan Thomas. Now, everybody says, oh, with Eric B. Enemy coming in, he's going to elevate Logan Thomas, and Logan Thomas is going to be this tight end and blah, blah. No. Logan Thomas was another one of those guys that Ron Rivera went to the dollar store, Dollar General, to go ahead and purchase. He brought in a project in Logan Thomas and worked for the time being. He brought in a project in J.D. McKissick and worked for the time being. Now it's time for those two players to move on. Another project that possibly could be getting cut is Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel could become expendable. With what he's getting and his production is not matching, um, he's your third guy. But then you've paid a guy in Terry McLaurin. You've drafted, so you've wasted draft capital to get a guy like Jahan Dotson. You have a guy that you drafted in the third round in Dayami Brown, which you don't even know what he does. So maybe if not Curtis Samuel being cut now, he could be a guy that can be cut later. So um, I would love for them to keep Curtis Samuel, like I continue to say. But if you're telling me Cameron Curl or Curtis Samuel, give me Cameron Curl. If you're saying, hey, Deron Payne, or, or Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel got to go. So if we can cut him and save some money and add that money to our signing one of your bookend guys, and I'm I'm all for it. If you can cut that guy and add that money to us bringing to Orlando Brown, I'm all for it. You have to be smart when you're spending your money. You have to be smart on how your team is structured. With Terry and a first-round wide receiver, that's solid. That's solid. I mean, that's a lot invested in that room already. Then you toss in a contract for Curtis Samuel, which is not necessarily cheap. It was a bargain deal at the time, but it's not necessarily cheap. So with that money, you can kind of use that to kind of upgrade other positions of need. Um, Brian says, I wouldn't spend uh, any money on Brown. I'll look towards the draft. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Like I said, with Sam Howell's contract, it gives you all kinds of flexibility because you're not spending that bookend money. Like right now, what if the Giants have to pay $35, 40000000 million for, for a Daniel Jones? 
whatever you want to say about Daniel Jones, at least they have their franchise quarterback, right? So franchise quarterbacks, they cost at least $35 million starting out. It seems like $35 million is starting to become nothing because the price of these quarterbacks will continue to go up and up and up. Once guys like Joe Burrow gets his deal and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson, they're going to reset the market to where a lot of these deals mean nothing anymore, right? Brian also says, oh, no, we got to keep Samuel. Okay, so my question for you, Brian, is do you rather have Samuel or do you rather have Cameron Curl? Because I'm telling you, there's going to be tough decisions to make. They might be able to get away with it this season, but as, a, as, as the season progresses, like maybe next year, you're going to see some changes. Gonna, there's going to be some guys that we're going to lose. We can't keep everybody, right? So you're not for spending money on Orlando Brown. I'm cool with that. But I don't know where your stance is with, with re-signing a De'Ron Payne. you got to be able to sign somebody. And I'm not keeping a third wide receiver, the wide receiver three, over your defensive tackle two or, you know, your safety one. So you, you, you have to kind of prioritize what's more important. I think that Curtis Samuel could do some amazing things in this offense if they use him correctly and stop running him as a running back and just use him as a pure wide receiver. He can do some damage. We'll love to see what the offense looks like with all these guys on the field at the same time. But at the end of the day, if you got to make, uh, let me see. Says, I'd rather have Samuel over Curl. Wow. You're the first person to say that you rather have Curtis Samuel over Cameron Curl. Wow. There, I mean, there's a first time for everything. But I appreciate your your comment and I appreciate your take. You know, some people aren't bold to kind of speak on what they what they believe in. And I respect that. But for me, I'd rather have Cameron Curl over Curtis Samuel, being that if Cameron Curl is gone, it's literally going to hurt that secondary. You lost Bobby McCain, who was solid. Now, losing to Cameron Curl, what does that look like? You can say, oh, Forrest, and you can say uh, Butler. At the end of the day, Butler has not risen to the level uh, of play to where he can become a starter. Um, Brian says, I'll take touchdowns over interceptions. Yeah, easier said than done. Um, I get what you're saying, but it's not like the touchdowns were flowing for Curtis Samuel. It wasn't like I said. When you look at what he's done compared to what he's getting paid, um, but yeah, let's do some let's do some analysis real quick. We're gonna go ahead and pull up uh, Curtis Samuel money. Curtis Samuel. Let's look at the stats first. Curtis Samuel stats. Then we'll kind of break things uh, break things down and then kind of project what we think that Curtis Samuel can do further with a stacked wide receiving core. When I say stacked, I just mean they're guys that are better than. Curtis Samuel on the team currently. So I'm going to share my screen real quick. Curtis Samuel. Now, I know stats aren't everything. Sometimes, you know, like Cameron Curl, he didn't have, like, you know, interceptions or uh, sacks or, you know, everything was kind of low from year to year. We'll look at Cameron Curl as well. But when you look at Curtis Samuel, obviously he didn't play much of anything in his year one with the team, which is 2021, right? Uh, let me see if it shows his salary. I'll go to Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure it'll show a salary compared to, you know, other guys. But, you know, nice size, you know, uh, 194 pounds, uh, not tall, but he does everything that you need a wide receiver to do. Age is great. He's 26 years old. But when you look at it, 64 receptions, um, right under 700 yards with 656 yards for a touchdown. So it's not like I, I, I understand you say the touchdown thing, but the touchdowns were not flowing with Curtis Samuel. Like I said, Curtis Samuel is a guy that could be expendable. I'm not saying that it's for sure thing, but as your third wide receiver for the money that he's making, the production got to go way up. Um, 
says we could grab a Taylor Lewan. He'd be cheaper than Brown. Absolutely. Hey, Aubrey, great, great, um, um, you know, a uh, message right here or a great, great comment right here. Yes, Taylor Lewan could be a guy that's cheaper. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, so I talk to Titans fans all the time. I talked to one of my guys uh, about Taylor Lewan. I said, is he still elite? Does he still have that elite uh, uh, level of play? He said, yes. He said, Taylor Lewan can still play. But the problem with Taylor Lewan is his availability. He has not been available the last few years. So when he's healthy, he's one of those guys. When he's not, that could be a problem. But who knows? Who knows? There's different reasons why people stay healthy, why, why people are hurt. Um, I mean, Trent Williams, he used to get hurt. Brandon Sheriff, he used to get hurt. But when you have these, these guys that can play, you go grab them. He would be cheaper. I don't know what the market is for Taylor Lewan right now. Uh, we can look that up later if we have time. Uh, Brian says, I think if we use Samuel the right way, it if we use Samuel the right way, the right scheme, he has the potential to be a game changer. And that's true. That's possible. But when you're when you have an overload at a position, it's kind of like you guys. Some of you guys are saying, hey, we can afford to lose a, a Deron Payne. Some people are saying, hey, we can afford to lose one of our defensive lines, being that that's one of our strengths. Well, our receiver seems to be one of our strengths. So. Sometimes you have to pull from your strengths to kind of make some of your weaknesses better. Uh, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's not for sure. But, yes, in the right scheme, I would love to see Curtis Samuel in this scheme before we can even talk about cutting Curtis Samuel. So valid point, Brian. We'll see what happens. But he got to be used correctly. Like I said, I don't want to see Curtis Samuel doing anything with running the ball. I'd rather Curtis Samuel be a guy that's in the slot, destroying defenses, Get the ball in his hands and he can create magic. That's kind of where you see him win. Aubrey says, I would love to throw a reasonable bag of Lawan. You roll the dice on all players healthy. On, on all players' health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, Taylor Lawan is a great option. He'll be a major upgrade over a guy like Leno. Then you can now move Leno to the right, or you can cut Leno. I don't know what his contract looks like in terms of dead cap and cap hit and things of that nature, but Taylor Lewan, if he's fully healthy, he's one of the best in the league. Still, even with his health issues. Aubrey, I, mean, I mean, Brian says, I blame Scott Turner and Taylor Heineke for Curtis Samuel's lack of touchdowns. I get it. But then when you look at Curtis Samuel, what he's done for his career, he's never really necessarily been a big touchdown guy. 2017, zero touchdowns. 2018, the second year, he's starting to get some love. Five touchdowns. Then next year, 2019, six touchdowns. So he's never had more than six touchdowns in any season. His best season was in 2020 when he had almost, what was it, like over a 1,000 yards from scrimmage, both receiving and catching. So, I mean, running and catching. So uh, he's not a big touchdown guy. So if, if touchdowns is what you're looking for out of Curtis Samuel, you're never really going to see it. You're never going to see it. Um, six touchdowns, career high. In this offense, I don't see him going for higher than six when you have a guy like Jahan Dotson who led all rookies in touchdowns. You have a guy like Terry who has the potential to get over seven touchdowns. We haven't seen that thanks to the lack of quarterback play. Now, this year, you can't really say that Sam Howell is a much, much of an upgrade over what we've had. You can say that Sam Howell is, is a better arm talent than what we've had the past few years. But in terms of experience, we don't know. Sam Howell is a wild card. He may be great. He may not be great. But there, it looks like, as of today, they're giving that chance to Sam Howell to be that guy for the commanders. 
you know, but yes, yeah, you know, Curtis Samuel, the whole Curtis Samuel thing, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a cool debate, but he's just not a guy that scores touchdowns. Oh, I love this comment right here. I love this comment right here. Aubrey says Leno is making 12 million cut. I will not be upset with cutting Leno. There's some fans that love this guy. I know he does great things in the community, but look, I'm looking at football reasons strictly. This is a guy that did not play well last year. Did not play well. And you can you, like you can say, oh, the interior of the line, then it, it spread to the outside of the line. The entire five were terrible. We had no centers. Centers should be a priority. There's some guys that are on the roster right now at the center position that needs to get cut. We literally need a brand new center. So as of right now, I'm treating it as we have no centers. We have no guards. Even the backup, Sadiq Charles and Cole. I don't know. You use those guys until their rookie deals are out, and then they're gone. So, yeah, I can definitely see a scenario where Charles Leno gets cut. $12 million. And like I said, I don't know what the contract situation is on if you cut them, how much do you actually save? So sometimes it's cheaper to keep them than to cut them and eat that dead cap. So um, I'll have that information for you guys on another episode. But yeah, so these are some of the things that I'm looking at. It's like when you make a move, like cutting a Carson Wentz and cutting a, a Cameron Curl. There, I mean, sorry, not, oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Cutting a Bobby McCain and Wentz, there's a corresponding move. So I'm just waiting to see what that corresponding move is going to be. Now, I know a lot of you guys can agree. Logan Thomas is out, right? Do you guys agree? I say Logan Thomas is out. Um, so it's going to be some guys that definitely get cut. But you don't want to create multiple holes. You don't want to create multiple problems where you don't have problems. So um, we'll see what happens. It's going to be some interesting moves. But two big moves happened today. We all knew that Carson Wentz was going to go. And then followed by, um, what's his name? Uh, Bobby McCain, both guys are gone. The combine starts tomorrow. So you're going to see the team officials there at the combine uh, scoping, scouting some of these players out. Uh, they're going to be interviewing people. And then sometimes you kind of use this opportunity to go ahead and, you know, uh, uh, kind of talk to some free agents. I mean, I know I know that free agency period is coming up soon, but sometimes when people get, when, when people get cut early, you can start to talk to them before that actual free agent uh, um, market starts. Hawk says, would you, would you take a shot on a guy like Juwan James? Honestly, I don't know much about Juwan James. I can't speak on Juwan James, but I will go do some research. I'll let you know what I think of Juwan James. I normally don't, don't speak on, you know, people or things that I don't know much about. So some people will say, oh, yeah, Juwan James. And nah, I, don't, I know nothing about Juwan James. So I can't speak on him. Um, let me see. Aubrey says, we must upgrade the O-line. Cut Leno. Um Cut Leno is eight million in savings, major cut. Can oh, if we're saving eight million dollars, cutting Leno, he's as good as gone. If the team can upgrade in any way, shape, or form, whether it's draft, whether it's free agency, then Leno is gone. Leno was a good story while it happened. You know, getting these cheap guys like Bobby McCain and Leno came in together. They served their purpose, and I think is that era is done. They were here for two years, and they've done what they have. They've done what they can for the team for two years. Both got new contracts, but I think it's time to move on. Like, hey, great point, Aubrey. If you can save $8 million, then he got to go. 
Hawk says, plagued by injury, he was a pro bowler. Okay, I'm gonna do more. I'm gonna do more work on him and kind of like you know look at his you know look at everything. Okay, that's definitely somebody that I'm gonna be looking at. Juwan James, vet. All right, Brian says, question: Would you bring Heineke back as a backup or a veteran or a draft or a draft a quarterback? Great question. I've talked about this on several episodes. For you guys that follow me on YouTube, I appreciate you guys. Also, you guys can check out the audio version of the podcast, Talking Commanders with Manny. You guys can find me on Apple, Spotify, and uh, anywhere else you get your podcast. So I've talked about Taylor Heineke on several episodes back. Now, my whole thing is I love Taylor Heineke as a, as a human, as a person, as a quarterback, as a as a leader, right? But I think it's time to move on from Taylor Heineke. This is why. If the team is going all in on Sam Howell, then you got to let Taylor Heineke go. You know why? Sam Howell might struggle. Matter of fact, he's going to struggle at times. And when he does, you're going to hear fans yelling, Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke, bring him back, bring him back. Sometimes you have to move on in order to kind of grow. So this franchise wants to grow. You want to find that next quarterback. We've, We've established that Taylor Heineke is not the guy. He is coming to bail us out two years of people getting hurt. Fingers crossed that Sam Howell doesn't get hurt. So Taylor Heineke is 50-50. The organization might say, you know what, he knows the offense. But no, he doesn't know the offense because guess what? The enemy is not the court, is not the OC. So it's a whole new offense. So it's not even a lot that Taylor Heineke comes back. Taylor Heineke might be a guy that's gone. The enemy, I mean, he might look at him and say, hey, you know what, I like this guy, but the enemy might want to put his own stamp on this offense. And that could mean draft a hidden hooker in the second round just in case things don't go well with Sam Howell. And then you can still go out next year and draft another quarterback. So different scenario, uh, different things that happen, having a whole new OC, whole new offense. I think the Taylor Heineke is gone. You gotta let you have to let him go. I think that the team brings in a vet like uh, Andy Dalton, uh, somebody like uh, Jacoby Brissett, and say, hey, Sam Howell, go battle with this guy. They know Sam Howell is going to beat out one of those two guys, right? You roll in with Sam Howell, you have that vet, and then if something goes wrong or injury happens and you go to the vet, but Sam Howell is literally going to be the quarterback, whether we win, whether we lose. And if Sam Howell stinks, guess what? It puts you in a position to draft one of the top three, top four quarterbacks coming out next year. If Sam Howell stinks and our record is terrible, we're going to be drafted in the top 10, which gives you all the ammo, all the possibilities to be able to move up in a draft to possibly get a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, a Ewers, whoever that you want to grab. Hawk says he played O-line. Okay. Uh, says I went to Ravens last year. Okay, bet, bet. Uh, Hawk says I'm in favor of drafting a QB. Should one fall to us? Yeah. Absolutely. Having Sam Howell does not eliminate us from drafting a quarterback. If a quarterback, let's say Will Levis, I'm not a big Will Levis guy, but if he falls to 16 and the commanders feel like, hey, this is a guy that they believe in, then by all means, draft him. At the end of the day, we're going to judge Eric Bieniemy by what he does with this offense, regardless of any personnel. So whatever the Eric Bieniemy wants, he should be able to get. And if it doesn't work, guess what? He's out. Ron Rivera's gone. Blow the whole thing up. Um... Hawk says Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're going to bring in a guy. My prediction is they're bringing a guy like an Andy Dalton or Jacoby Brissett. They're going to bring in a vet that's cheap, 
because at the end of the day, you want to keep your costs down. We talked about the importance of having a rookie deal on a quarterback. They, they, I mean, they can bring in uh, Andy Dalton and still draft somebody. So we'll see what happens. Just everybody just got to understand Scott Turner is the worst mistake of football point blank. <laughs> Curtis Dotson Terry should have should should have got seven or more touchdowns each. Absolutely, all three guys are talented. Um, this guy was terrible in Scott Turner, and he just did not utilize people correctly. Just Curtis Curtis Samuel is a thirteen million dollar cap hit. Cut him, you save five point eight million against the cap. A minor cut candidate, especially if you if you're gonna get a, a high dollar free agent wide receiver room is real packed absolutely but what i'm also looking at is yeah cutting curtis samuel and saving 5.8 million that's not bad that's decent savings right but what i'm looking at is there, there's going to be some cheap guys that are going to be able to be on a market that can give you what curtis samuel was giving you but the thing is at what cost for example paris campbell he had a decent season last year right i'm going to pull up what curtis uh, what uh, paris campbell was able to do in that offense uh, with the Colts, and you're going to see that it's very comparable to what um, Curtis Samuel was able to do for the Commanders. So if you can get a, a, a Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell had 63 receptions, 623 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. That's literally Curtis Samuel numbers, right? And Curtis Samuel production. Let's just say Curtis Samuel production. So if you can get a guy like that cheaper than a Curtis Samuel, then by all means, you go ahead and do it. He's a cheaper guy. He's a guy that went to uh, what was it Ohio State. He's a guy that uh, played with um, with uh, Terry, if I'm not mistaken. So he has that, you know, still has that same kind of uh, chemistry with Terry. Terry would love the guy. It, so it's like this guy right here is going to be a free agent. He's 25 years old. So I'm just giving you guys examples on why if you do Curtis Curtis Samuel, you can find him as good or as great as you guys think that Curtis Samuel is. There's other guys that's comparable. The only problem with this year's free agent class is that it's a weak free agent class, and then, and then it's a weaker draft for wide receivers. But Street Score Rico also said on his channel that the team could possibly get a Raheem Jarrett from Maryland, and this guy can come in and be that punt returner, that kickoff returner. So that guy can also be a guy that's used on offense. So as much as we want to improve our wide receiver room or group or whatever, Dayami doesn't return kickoffs or things of that nature, right? Curtis has the potential to do it, but you're paying him like a number two wide receiver, so it seems like they're not going to use him in that capacity. You need to bring in somebody at any type of level that's going to be able to help this team out, especially in special teams. It says Ron needs Super Bowl berth to save his job at this point. Yeah, Ron is on a hot seat, and if he doesn't get anything done this year, he's gone. He says, but we'll save $6.2 uh, uh, we just saved six point two million. Absolutely, man. Hey, I'm all for any kind of cut that can kind of help this team. Says get this, Chase Rulier, twelve point forty two million dollars against the cap. Cut him, you save four point thirty two million. Yes, we've talked about getting a center. We've talked about the centers not being available. Sometimes your best ability is your availability, and Chase Rulier just has not been that. You got to let him go. Aubrey is bringing. Great points. Corey is in the in the, in the building also bringing great points. Hawk, appreciate the dialect. Appreciate the appreciate like the uh, like the talk, uh, guys. I mean, I am enjoying this. Um, let me see. Corey says I'd rather bring you in 
than have any dog. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You don't, you don't want to see me play quarterback, but I definitely get you. I definitely get what you're saying. Um, I just feel like they're gonna go really, really cheap. So just look at it this way: Taylor Heineke is one of the better backups in the league, right? But it seems like Taylor Heineke has outstayed his welcome in DC. He's gonna be that guy that saves us, and when he saves us, he gives us better quarterback play when people get hurt sometimes. But then it's like he can't take us far. Taylor Heineke is the guy that takes us to six, maybe seven wins max. You can go back and look at how many games Taylor Heineke starts compared to how many games he wins. Sometimes it's a combination of his fire, his leadership, and the defense. Sometimes They just rally around Taylor Heineke, but Taylor Heineke just can't get us to where we're trying to go. So in order to kind of go all in on Sam Howell and see what you have, Taylor Heineke will have to be eliminated from the equation. If you go into camp, there's a legit chance that Taylor Heineke can, can beat out Sam Howell. For a job. I mean, Taylor Heineke does a lot of things right, but he's just not that guy. We know who Taylor Heineke is. Like I said, he's a good backup. Somebody's going to be looking for his services. What we offer a Taylor Heineke, he might get more in the open market. So it's better that he goes somewhere else. It's better for the commanders to kind of just let that relationship go and kind of move forward. If, if Howell is not the guy, guess what? You're going in into 24 with a new head coach, being and enemy. Uh, you give him full range. He can draft this quarterback. You can kind of reshape, retool the entire offense. So this year is a trial run. Sad to say it. I know commanders want to see us be successful uh, and, and win games and things of that nature. But with Sam Howell being your quarterback, with Eric Bainey coming in, we really don't know what could happen. Uh-oh. Aubrey just dropped another bomb. This is another potential cut is Kendall Fuller, $11 million against the cap. You cut him, you save $8.5 million. Bold prediction is... If we draft a corner at 16, Kendall Fuller could be as good as gone. Because again, you would you would have you would have invested a first round and you still have Kendall Fuller, then you have Benjamin St. Juice, but then they can say, okay, if you cut a Kendall Fuller, who else are you bringing into the fold? We tried the William Jackson the third experiment, that didn't work. So obviously, you cannot cut Kendall Fuller unless you bring in two options, meaning you draft a guy at 16 or in the second round that's you know, blue chip, blue collar, bona fide corner. Then you're bringing in somebody through free agency at a decent price. I've seen, um, what was the guy? I saw one, I saw a guy in Arizona. He's a free agent. I can't think of his name right now, but yes, cutting Fuller, but then Fuller did have a decent season. It's like when you're kind of down on Fuller, then at the, towards the end of the year, the back half of the season, he played well. So tons of scenario. Uh, that's the end of the episode, man. I would love to continue to go. This is a great stream. I appreciate everybody who dropped a comment in the chat. Thank you to guys like um, Marcus. Uh, thank you to guys like Hawk. Thank you to guys like Brian Butler and Aubrey Sneed and uh, Corey Booker. I appreciate you guys. If you guys aren't um, subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, please follow. Turn on that Turn on that notification bell. I do drop a lot of Commander's content as well as Fantasy Football, Dynasty, NBA, the whole nine. So I'll be back on sometime this week with um, another episode. I'm pretty sure between now and the next time I hop on, the team might end up cutting more people. The team might end up making some moves. The team might end up saying something about ownership or something. So as news continue to develop, I will, be, I will continue to come on. So appreciate you guys. This is the Talking Sports with Commander's. Um, um, episode, um, podcast, check me out. Appreciate you guys. And I'm gonna catch you guys on that next episode. I'm out. Peace.